Please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. We're going to be reading from 13 to 17. And then after that, we're going to be reading John chapter 6, verse 60 to 68. Please, if you have a cell phone, this is the only time you could use it. Put it on your Bible, Bible app or Bible gateway and turn, type these in so, so that if you don't understand what I'm saying, you'll be able to read it. I'm going to begin reading in Matthew 16, chapter, uh, chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus went to the territory near the town of Caesarea Philippi, where he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? Some say John the Baptist, they answered. Others say Elijah, while others say Jeremiah or some other prophet. What about you, he asked them. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Good for you, Simon, son of John, answered Jesus, for this truth did not come to you from any human being, but it was given to you directly by my Father in heaven. Now switching to John chapter 6, verse 60 to 68. On hearing it, many of the disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. Verse 66. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Verse 67. You, do you not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. This is the Word of God. Please join me in the Word of Prayer. Father, we are grateful once again that we are able to gather here in this building with your people, in this body that you have assigned all of us to be a part of, to where we can worship you and praise you, Father. Help us, Lord God, and clear our minds and our hearts. Anything, Lord God, that may distract us, Father, remove it. Distract us from hearing you and understanding your message. Father, let your Holy Spirit guide us, reveal to us the truth, speak to us, Father. As your people hear my voice, Father God, let them hear you in their hearts and in their minds. Give me wisdom, Lord God. I am merely your vessel. Override my preparations, Lord God. Let you and you alone speak to your people. Help us, Lord God, to understand and surrender to the truths that you will be revealing to us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Good evening. All right. I'm kind of rushing because we have five points tonight. Five points to our message. Please forewarn your guests now, Tita Nancy. Um, coffee's in the back. I entitled our message, Raise and Wave the White Flag. Raise and Wave the White Flag. But we've, before that, I want us to, again, this is a review for those of you who weren't here because I know some people were in the Philippines, some are coming, some of you are in and out. So this is, we are still trying to finish the result of knowing. Knowing what? Knowing that God became a man. 
the Christmas message. We don't want it to go to waste. I want us to, more than your credit card bills that you piled up because of Christmas, I hope that you are understanding and forever, it will be forever with you, the message of Christmas. The first result of knowing that God became a man is that we should be transformed. And tonight we're going to be tackling the surrendering part. And then the third part will be delight. So that Jesus, the message of the manger must not be wasted. <laughs> That's like five minutes in. You guys did good. <laughs> we have to surrender. And tonight we're going to be relinquishing. We're going to be talking about the relinquishment. Now the definition of surrender, this is one of the hardest things that anybody can do. You don't have to be a Christian. And you don't like the word surrender unless you're on the opposite side and you're the one winning. Correct? Right. Remember that song, Never Surrender? I'm going to try not to sing it. 1985 by Corey Hart. Right? <laughs> you know, my dad was here. Nobody would encourage me. You know, So I'm like trying to find inspiration from places. And this is one of the songs that was encouraging me. Listen to the lyrics of this one. <laughs> it says here, so if you're lost and on your own, you're on your own, you can never surrender. And if your path won't lead you home, you can never surrender. And when the night is cold and dark, you can see, you can see the light. Because no one can take away your right to fight and never surrender. That's human nature, isn't it? Human nature and the world continues to tell us that it is our right and we have to continue to fight. Right? We have to continue to fight. And the definition... The definition, I'm looking for my message here. The definition of surrender, it's, it's a verb. The verb means um, to seize resistance, you know, to, for you to give up, for you to give up. To re, the synonym is to relinquish, is for us to, to um, let go and forego, to give up our right, to give up on our right to someone powerful or to something else powerful than us. So nobody likes that word. Now, the, 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 the title is to wave the white flag. Now, for most of the, the, the kids nowadays, you don't watch too many war movies. But I grew up watching those war movies. And every ending, every ending is somebody has to wave the white flag. And that's when I know the movie's almost done. And if it satisfied me, I'm like, yeah. Let's go. The good guys won. Waving that white flag in our lives is a hard thing for anyone to do. I know the recent events, we almost went to war, right? To my, I shouldn't say that. To my dismay, we did it. <laughs> I thought we were going to go to heaven. The act of surrendering is very difficult for those who realize that the battle is lost. In his book, I have the story of Lieutenant Hiru Onoda. In his book, My 30-Year War, he tells a fascinating tale of being one of the last Japanese-born soldiers to surrender in World War II. Can you believe that? Onoda had been stationed in Lubang Island in the Philippines. This is the Occidental Mindoro part. He was there when he was taken over by the U.S. forces in February of 1945. Almost all of his comrades were killed 
or captured, but Onoda and several other men hid, hid deep in the jungle. While his fellow evaders were eventually killed, Onoda held out for 29 years. <laughs> this guy's a fighter. Anybody here related to this guy? I want to be your friend. Dismissing every attempt to coerce him out of the jungle as a trick. Everybody was trying to tell him to surrender. The war is over. Calm down. Surrender. He won't, he won't budge. His primary motivation for not surrendering was his devout belief in the Japanese military code of discipline and honor. Because of this, he had been ordered by his superiors to never leave his post until he received a specific order enabling him to do so. Until he heard it from the guy, he's not coming down. In 1974, imagine that, 30 years, the Japanese government sent its commanding officer to Lubang to order Onoda to surrender. When Lieutenant Onoda stepped out of the jungle to accept the order, he did so in his dress uniform and sword. With his rifle still in operating condition, he was still ready to fight. It's like related to you, Ambassador Charles, I think. Even in surrender, he maintained his discipline and retained his honor. The incredible tale of one man's discipline, honor, evasion, and surrender could be compared to our Christian walk. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are duty-bound to Him. We are duty-bound to Him. We are purchased by His blood and redeemed from sin. And we are to be disciplined by grace through His teachings, drawing near to Him as He drew near to us. As believers, we make Christ a daily priority. As believers, we make Christ a daily priority, not just a Sunday thing. Some of you struggle with the Sunday thing, much more a daily thing. But a commitment to Christ is a daily thing. Sometimes we evade being captured by God because doing so would mean surrendering. That's the word. That's the action word. Surrendering areas of our lives that we like to control. And to keep, to live the life that God has planned for us, which He promises is best. You can see it in Romans 8.28. You can read it in Jeremiah 29.11. We need to wave the flag of surrender in our lives. So tonight, we have five points, like I said. We're going to discuss surrender. We're going to discuss denial of self. We're going to discuss taking up His cross. We're going to talk about following and obeying Christ. And through that, the result of that, we find our life and our purpose. First point, surrender. Matthew 16, 24 to 25. This is similar to Luke 9, 23. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my, must, my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. This is the crazy thing about Christianity. It's always upside down. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. Now, I know American Christians, you know, we're Americans, right? We're Filipino-Americans here, American-Americans, right? We're Christians first, right? We're Christians first. But we don't like surrender. We have, it's our right. We're not going to yield. We see this guy on the stop trying to roll and we're on the right of way. Guess what we're doing? 
We're not going to stop because we have the right of way, right? And that's when accidents happen. That's when accidents happen because we don't want to give up our right. And there's a stupid driver rolling the stop, right? That's when accidents happen in our Christian life. We don't want to give up our, our, our right. We see God is telling us, stop, don't go there. Stop, don't have that relationship with him or her. Stop. Well, what do we do? What do we do? We keep going. It's my right. Pedal to the metal. And then we get in trouble. Then you're hearing this message, like you're hearing this message, surrender your lives. This result of knowing Christ was born in the manger, in the feeding throw. This is a result. We need to surrender. And you're asking, should I surrender? The answer is yes, you should surrender. In this passage, there are four challenging but necessary steps to take if we want to lead a surrendered life following Christ our Lord. We need to be open to surrender. We need to deny ourselves. We need to be taking up our cross. We need to follow Him. And the result of that, as you can see, is that we have our lives, and our lives must be lived for Him. The first step is perhaps the hardest one. I was telling this to Pastor, Pastor, my brother Richard this morning. This is the hardest thing, is surrendering. We go through it. We have to go through it day in and day out. And please note Christ's subtle invitation to join him if anyone would want to come after me. There is an open invitation to surrender to and walk through life with the creator of the universe and the savior to sinners. What would you say, whatever favorite sport you may have, or whoever hero, public figure that you are admiring right now, and that person tells you, come, live with me, walk my path, just be with me, ride in my car, live with me, eat at my house. What would you say? You'll probably say yes. You'll probably jump that and drop everything. You forget your husband and your wife. You're like, I'm sorry. It finally happened. <laughs> Michael Jordan finally gave me the invitation, and I'm going there. Question is, if he says, I'll meet you at Reno Tahoe at 9 o'clock, Reno Tahoe Airport, 9 o'clock morning, my Filipino brothers and sisters, are you going to be on time? <laughs> Or are you going to be on the Filipino time? <laughs> I guarantee it that you will be on the Christian time. You will be right there an hour before. But when it comes to Jesus, Sunday, I don't know, man. Saved by grace. Shall we sin then? <laughs> shall, be, shall be, should, should I come on time then? I'm saved by grace. <laughs> That's a reference to Romans 6. If you can. <laughs> As wonderful as, as wonderful as that sounds, walking with Christ, living with Christ, it is hard to do. For surrender goes against the grain of our stubborn, sinful heart. It goes against our nature. Somebody say amen. Because that's the truth. Our old man still is very much alive in us. And that's so much in there. For a non-believer, that's a given. They're not surrendering, it's not going to happen. It takes admitting for you, if you're an unbeliever sitting here right now, I'm looking around the room, probably not. It takes admission for them that they are a sinner, that they need a Savior. Even that, they're, they're having a hard time surrendering. Either they think they're too bad for Jesus or they're too good for Jesus. 
receiving his eternal life for us who have surrendered to him, we admitted to that. We surrendered to Christ so we can have eternal life. But we cannot surrender to God when it comes to our children. We cannot surrender to God when it comes to our plans, our investment plans. We cannot surrender to God when it comes to our retirement plans. Going to heaven, yes, we'll surrender to that. We want that ticket. But everything else, we don't. We don't want to surrender. How I want to deal with my problems, I still want to deal with the way I was used to. I want to smack my kids around so much for gentleness. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to continue to talk behind people's back because they hurt me. So forget about love, the fruit of, of love and gentleness. Forget that. I still want to have that relationship, that sinful relationship. I don't want to get married yet. I want to continue to have this girlfriend and have the benefits with this girlfriend or boyfriend. It's tough, right? I, I, I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what God is telling you to surrender and you haven't done that. But I, it's best that you give up. It's best that you relinquish, relinquish your, your right to God. Let him take control. Second point in surrender. John 15, 15. This is Jesus speaking. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. That's Jesus speaking, calling us friends. I have called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my father, I have made known to you. For believers, your Christian walk, our Christian walk, reveals that you have the greatest advocate. We have the greatest advocate. We have the best representation. First John 2, 1. Jesus is our advocate. He is our friend. He's just not our advocate. He's our friend. That you will ever... He's a friend that you will ever... The best friend that you will ever have. But he has expectations. And these expectations for us are good. And he lays out some very specific conditions to be his disciple on how to follow him. And that brings us to denial, right? To denying ourselves. That brings us to the next step. But folks, I want you to... to this truth, maybe we've heard it so many times. No, I want us to let this sink in in our hearts again. Jesus calls us friend. And he has made known to us. There's no secret. There's no secret. Everything that he wants from us is in the Bible. The question is, why are you not reading it? And if you've read it and you know it, why are you not doing it? Because you don't want to surrender your right. You know, it, it's strange when somebody tells me, I know what you're going to tell me. Basically telling me, I know that I, what I'm doing, the Bible says it's against that. What I'm doing is against what the Bible says. I know that. That's kind of like, it was this person's way of telling me not to tell him anything because there's nothing new that I'm going to tell him, I'm about to say. But the question is, why, why are we not surrendering if we already know? The box of cigarettes shows, right? The box of cigarettes shows, at least in the Philippines, I don't know if it does here. Like, it will kill you. This will kill you. $8. <laughs> kill you financially and kill you health-wise. But we, some, some of us, we still do it. I did it for many years. 
Why do, we, why do we do certain things that we already know is stupid? And it's going to be against us. Because we're stubborn. We're stubborn. God told us, do not yoke with unbelievers. What's the first thing we do after we come out of church? I like this cute boy at church, at school. At school. I know he's not a Christian, but maybe I can work through that. I'll have Pastor Joe talk to him and share the gospel. Hopefully he becomes a Christian. <laughs> Surrendering, when we surrender to God's lordship, what happens is the next result is that there has to be a denial of self. There has to be a denial of self. 2 Timothy 1.7, the Spirit of God gave us, this for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and discipline. Now here, this is a truth here that most of you still argue when you say, God did not make me that way. God impresses something in your heart and in your mind that you need to do something that you need to do for Him. And your response is, mm, I'm shy. Like you say, share the gospel to this person. And you say, mm, not me. You didn't create me that way. Talk to Joe. He has the gift. I don't. And so, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid. You know, I have to say, my American brothers and sisters, timid is not with you. <laughs> I feel like you are confident. Americans are very confident. To my Filipino brothers and sisters, <laughs> we are timid. This is the Filipinos in a restaurant. Let's say we got a wrong order, right? It's not what we ordered. We tell everybody on the table it's not what we ordered. And then we say, go tell the waiter. Oh, it's okay. Never mind. <laughs> it's okay. Why do we do that? We tell everybody our problems about our boss, about the schedule. But then we don't tell them the right person. Because we're shy. We told everybody else. Folks, God has given you the same spirit that God has given your brothers and sisters that are Americans and are very confident when they, they talk about God. When they want to exercise the gift that, that God has given them, God has given you the same spirit. So what's the problem? You're not surrendering. You, you know your timidity, what you think is you being humble, it's actually you being proud. You're saying that God cannot change you. You're saying God can change everybody else except me. Deny yourself. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The second thing Jesus calls us to do is to deny ourselves, which means that we are to surrender self-will and embrace his perfect will. It is daunting, it is a daunting task to be to be sure. And the one that we are underpowered to go to do are on our own. Think for a moment of your life. Are you living it on your terms? Reflect on your life right now. Is it based on your terms? Is it because those are the things you drew up last January 1? Are you living it out? Or are you living it out in crisis terms? Or do you still need to 
to make up a list and finally live for Christ. Folks, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you said in essence, I surrender all to you, Lord. Well, the question is, can you honestly say that? That you have done that? That you have done all of that? That you have done that in all areas of your life? Can you answer yes to that? If you're like me, this is a confession <laughs> I'm scared to make. <laughs> if you're like me, the answer is no. But I really want to. Take a moment now. Take a moment now and think about it. And pray silently to the Lord to reveal those areas in your life that you have failed to surrender to Him. Think about it. Think about it. And the third point, take up his cross. Matthew 26, 39. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus, on his way to the cross, right? We all know this. On his way to the cross, he asked God the Father to take, if there is any other way, let this cup pass me. Because he feared it. But then he said, but cancel my request. <laughs> but not my will, but let your will be done. Do you live this way? I mean, I get it. It's, it's, not, it's not easy. I go through it every day. You're going to wonder, okay, what will? Yet not as I will, but as you will. What's God's will? 1 Thessalonians 4.3 answers that. It is God's will that you be sanctified, that you be set apart, yet you become different from the world, that you are separated from the world, that you are living differently from the world, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Oh, pastor, just became, have to throw it in there. Yes, I have to throw it in there. Because we live in a society and our culture is very sexualized. It's very sexualized. Homosexuality is, is, is becoming a norm. And, and when you say, speak something against it, you are homophobic. And you are a closed-minded person. You're basically an idiot. That's what they say, right? And if you are following God's will about being pure, because you're looking at yourself that you are God's creation, you are, you are God created you in His own image, imago Deo, right? You are created and you're living like that and everybody calls you boring. Everybody calls you a stiff, a shirt with that starch and ironed. Remember that? I have an uncle who does that. Starch on his shirt and then it's so stiff, you know. If you're living a holy life following Christ, they call you stiff. You're boring. You're square. You're, you're everything else. You're following God's will in this world right now. You are basically extradited. They don't want to talk to you. They don't want to invite you. You're, you're taking up a loss for him. 
The third thing Jesus calls us to do is take up his cross. Now, what does that mean? As followers of Jesus, we know that we are crucified with Christ on the cross, Galatians 2.20. Because Jesus Christ paid the penalty for the sins of all mankind, his crucifixion gives us the opportunity for open fellowship with him for all eternity, 1 John 1-3. 1-3. also means that we will share in the burden of carrying the cross, Matthew 10.38. Like Jesus, before going to the cross, he asked for the Father to make another way, but still surrendered. Folks, if I could please have everybody's attention. We're talking about the same thing over and over again. Surrender to the Father's will. No matter how difficult. And similarly, we are to seek and follow God's will, no matter what the cost. No matter what the cost. Now, now you may you may follow Christ and still keep your friends because they'll see, still see you fun and loving. You may follow Christ is not it, because I spoke the last time when I said that you might not not get the the promotion. You might not be rich as you want to be, but you could be rich following Christ. You could still be wealthy. You could still be successful. You might still get the promotion, but that doesn't matter anymore. That shouldn't matter anymore. With or without that, that shouldn't matter anymore. Following Christ with your 100%, with your all, should be what matters. But that won't happen until we surrender our all to Him. Some of you will lose friends. Our families won't talk to us because they think we've gone on to the deep end of, of faith, of this religion thing. Oh, he's... Nuts. We're going to be the, the butt of the jokes in the parties. Like, oh, oh, hey, Joe's here. Put away your beer. <laughs> That's what they used to do. And then they stopped inviting me. <laughs> Made it easier <laughs> for them. Um, so we surrender. We deny ourselves. We take up our cross. And then the result of that is following and obeying Christ. See, as, as you study the Word of God, as we study the Word of God together, and you study the Word of God by yourself, God speaks, right? Okay. God speaks through your reading. God speaks through your, the message. But as you hear His message, there should be a change. There should be a movement in your life. Because He doesn't speak and for you to do nothing. This is not just a Sunday thing that you do so you can get out of the house because you're bored at the house because, you know, six days in there. <laughs> this, is, this is when we're learning, we're trying to hear God, we're trying to learn from Him, and we're trying to see, okay, that's one thing that I haven't done. I'm going to do that. There has to be action, folks. Christianity is, is action. It's a verb. <laughs> it's an action faith. Yes, we're saved by grace. We had nothing to do with that. But we are saved by grace to do good works. We are saved by grace so we can do His will. I know, I know, I know that grace is so powerful. It's so radical. That's why Paul, Paul knew it. That's why on his, his verse 6 in Romans, he said, Shall we sin then? <laughs> right? Because he got it. He goes, there's nothing that I can do to take me away from God's will. 
from God, God's love. There's nothing that I can do. So then the next question for any human being is that. Paul's question. So shall I sin then? I, I, I question that. And I took advantage of that, unfortunately. Because I was like, oh my gosh. I can still be the same stupid guy that I am. I still am. <laughs> because life, right? Math, uh, Martin Luther said, right? Life, the first point of the 95 Theses. Life, all of life is of repentance. We sin, we recognize sin, we confess, we, we strive to do better. Try to do better to please God, not to do better so we can add another thing in our best Christian righteousness ranks. <laughs> do I get a star? Put a star on my board? How about this one? Oh, I don't have First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians 4.3 says, it is God's will that you should be sanctified. Okay, I already tackled that. In today's world, your relationship with God, let me go back here. In today's world, your relationship with God might cost you your family, your friends, your job, or in some extra cases, your life. Fortunately to, for us, Jesus Christ was the perfect model of surrender. John 5.30. Because he loved his Father and us so much, he surrendered his perfect and sinless life to God, making a way for us to enter into fellowship with Him. Matthew 26, 39. Believer, can the believer say amen right now? At least you're listening. Praise God. God bless you. Believer, will you surrender the self-will that hinders you from having a better relationship with Jesus Christ? Or will you evade capture by His Lordship? holding tight to earthly things that will eventually fade away at the expense of forfeiting all that God has for your soul? I hope your answer is no. I hope your response to that is that you follow Christ. I'm ahead of my notes. The last thing Jesus asked to do is follow me. Humans, for us humans, Following anyone is a difficult task, especially when it, it involves giving up any measure of control. That's why most of us don't like flying, because it's not up to us, right? A perfect example of this is Jesus inviting Andrew and Peter to him. In Matthew 4, 17, 4, chapter 4, verse 17 to 19, they left everything behind when they did but everything when they did. Jesus also encouraged the rich young ruler to follow him. In Luke 18, 18 to 23. But the rich young ruler refused because in his mind, he had too much to lose. But the fisherman, right here, the fisherman. See, when Jesus calls you, when Jesus calls someone, there has to be a giving up of something. For when we follow him, there's a giving up of something. We have to relinquish something, right? If we're all going to be honest here, if you look back at your life, you know that you have given up certain things, certain relationships, certain practice, certain lifestyle because of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's right. We all have done it. It is tough to follow because we, we like the feeling of leading. We like that. 
How many of us like to drive behind a slow-moving truck on a two-lane highway? Not me. Everybody's laughing because I'm thinking you're not thinking it's not me. As impatient as we are, it won't be long before we pass it. That's why I don't like Las Vegas Drive. It's two-way. There's a lot of trucks. Slow. Thereby, thereby enjoying the wide open road ahead of us. How often do we feel that God is moving too slowly? You feel that sometimes? God's not answering my prayers. What in the world? This is too, you know, like Sarah. Lord, you promised a baby, but you know what? Come here. Sleep with my maidservant. Yes, ma'am. Was the answer of the husband. Causing us, when we think God is too slow, it causes us to leave the spirit behind. We jump the gun because God's moving too slow. When we do this, we leave the safety of His will. I hope I'm, I'm having your attention here. We, when we do this, when we rush things, because we think God is taking so long, we leave the safety of His will for the uncertainty of our own. That usually doesn't lead anywhere good. Being dedicated followers of Jesus Christ takes strength and wisdom. But more importantly, it requires us to surrender. Surrender the control of our lives. All for Him and all to Him. The Lord of all creation. For He is the source of such strength and wisdom. Now the question, will you deny yourself, take up His cross, and follow Him? Now you don't have to answer here, but you have to answer that all your life. Some of you might have to give up certain relationships that you know is against God's will. Some of you might have to turn down certain job opportunities or business opportunities that you know is against God's will or is going to take you away from your calling that God wants you to do. Some of you might have to stay in that marriage, <laughs> in that relationship with your fellow Christians that's rubbing you ugh, just the wrong way. I don't like Christians. I don't like going to church because there are a bunch of hypocrites in there, says the perfect person. <laughs> I could have more fun with that, but I won't. Find your life. Find your purpose. Now, this is the result of those four points, right? Now, folks, I know the Christmas spirit is gone. Most of you have taken down your Christmas tree. I haven't. You can come if you want the Spirit. Come. Come out to the house. I still have it. Some of you are forgetting the truth about Jesus Christ being born. Or it's just in your pocket again. I got my Christian. Who's a Christian here? Me, me, me. Here's my card. I'm a member. But you're not. Your, your, your life is dead. You have a dead Christian life. You're not producing fruit. And you know it. I don't have to tell you that. Because you, you're not finding the life and the purpose that God has given you because you're not following Him. You have not surrendered everything to Him. Because once you've surrendered everything to Him, you know you have to deny yourself. You know you have to take up your cross daily, not just when you want to. And then you will find your purpose. You will live that life. Because here, Romans 6, 7, 8, because anyone who has died 
has been set free from sin. Can somebody say amen? We have been set free from sin. You think, you're lying to yourself. If you can't give up that sin because you think, oh, I'm so powerless against this sin. No, you're not powerless. You're enjoying it. You still want more of it. You want more of that poison. Ooh, yeah, poison. More poison. More chocolate. Chocolate. Pimples. Boop, boop, boop. Chocolate. Chocolate. Belly, 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 belly. Chocolate. Chocolate. Belly, belly. <laughs> right? Oh, you want it. Nobody's going to stop you. Because you know it's just too good. It's just too good. It's too sweet. I don't want to give it up, Lord. But then look at this. Because anyone who's died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died. Now, here you go. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. We believe that we will also live with Him. Now, the question, folks, is are you living with Christ? If you've taken that invitation, whoever your influential person is right now, and he tells you, come live with me for the rest of your life, and you know he's very rich. Let's say Bill Gates said that. Are you going to really stop living with him with all the benefits of living with Bill Gates and all his money? I heard he has a swimming pool made in Tahoe that it was, it was a, a rock and they engraved through that rock so that he has a pool. He paid a million dollars for that. Can you imagine? A million dollars for, he could have just gotten a normal pool. <laughs> I'm thinking like, man, I thought this guy was smart. <laughs> but you have all the benefits with Christ. Do you forget? Have you forgotten? Or are you taking it for granted? Oh yeah, I got Christ, Joe. I know I got heaven. But right now, man, I really could care less about that because right now it's all about money. I need to make a name for myself. I need to be known here in Reno. I need to make my family proud of me. I need that degree. I need that business to flourish. I need that $1 million in my account. I need everybody in the Philippines to know that I'm successful. That's what matters to me right now. I get it. I go to heaven. Good. But what about these things? You know what? If you really are living with Christ, you should say, so what? So what if I don't get this? Praise God if I get that. But that should be, that should be the, the, least, the least of our priorities. So when I tell you about priorities, this is funny. I, I tell people, certain people, that we need to make, you know, we need to order, make, to prioritize our lives. The funny thing is this. What happens is they put God in the bottom of that list. <laughs> they, they're like, oh, I'm prioritizing my life. I got to work out. I got to do my diet. I got to do my job. I got to do. And then God, maybe, maybe. Because I got some overtime. I prayed for this job. God gave it to me. Now I can't be at church. I prayed for a, a wife. He gave me a son and a daughter. So I can't go to church now. I prayed to God to bring me to America. Now I don't have time for Him. I wonder why I'm not happy, Joe. Find your life. It is worth pondering or worth thinking about. It is worth pondering. Is there any downside to surrendering? That's a good question to ask. It's a good thing to question. 
In verse 25 of Matthew, we see clear, a clear warning for failing to surrender to Christ. For whoever would save his life will lose it. For whoever will save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Those of you who have been following God and have given up everything for Him, you know what that means. You know what that means. And you, if, you could, if you could just really talk somebody into it, you would, like what I'm doing right now. But it doesn't normally happen, right? Because people usually just want to hear blessings of God, the love of God, the grace of God, but surrendering my life to Him? Huh. Quite simply, anyone who seeks to save his life by pursuing their own interests and rejecting God's gift of Jesus Christ will live a shallow, meaningless life, devoid of Christ, in an eternity apart from Him. While He may choose to bless people with earthly riches, those who reject Him will have no place with Him in heaven. Hell is full of wealthy people. It is a very rich neighborhood. People who never surrendered any portion of their lives, just like the rich young ruler who walked away from Christ. Because he has too much to get to lose. And especially, especially not their souls. Self-made people, they have a hard time surrendering to God. Successful people have a hard time surrendering their lives to God. People that have been successful with their decisions, they're making the right decisions, they have a hard time surrendering to God because God usually tells them, you're wrong, give that up. That's why total surrender to God through faith in His Son is the most important decision a person can make. Somebody say amen. amen. Please share that with everyone. Please live that. As you live that, you're sharing that by your life. And when God brings you that person, that person that needs to surrender to Christ, I pray that you will not have that timidity, but have the spirit of boldness and share the truth about Him. Surrender to that truth, because that's the truth. You need to adjust your life to God's truth. You can't just sit there and shake your head every Sunday and not do anything when you step out of this building. In the final analysis, Lieutenant Onada, Onoda needed to be coerced into surrendering. If you have not placed Jesus on the throne over your life, can I encourage you to do that tonight? Can I encourage you, my loved ones, my fellow believers, to make that choice? Surrender your all to God. I fear that if we, the body of Christ, don't surrender all, we will be like Lieutenant Onoda and stubbornly stick to our man-made duty and plans and do not draw closer to God. For him, he fought a war 29 years after <laughs> We, let's wave the white flag of surrender of our lives, of our rights to our lives. Let's wave it. Just raise it and wave it and say, Lord, you can have it all. All in all. 
I know Pastor Charles said he sings a lot of hymns, and I believe that. If he is physically able, he'll continue to sing. I've never seen anybody sing it with passion, so much passion like you. And I want to surrender, I want to share this hymn of entitled, I Surrender All. I don't sing it because I don't sing well. So you're welcome. But let me just for a few more minutes here. A few more seconds. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him. In His presence daily live. All to Jesus I surrender. Humbly at His feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken. Take me Jesus. Take me now. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. Make me Savior, holy Thine. Let me feel the Holy Spirit. Truly know that Thou art mine. All to Jesus, I surrender. Lord, I give myself to Thee. Fill me with thy love and power, let thy blessings fall on me. All to Jesus I surrender. Now I feel the sacred flame. Oh, the joy of full salvation. Glory, glory to his name. Folks, there's no other way to live. I guess there is, but that's not going to be beneficial for you. A truly surrendered life to Christ is a life meant for Christ, for us, meant by Christ for us to live. And that's the complete and fulfilled life. Let's close in prayer. Father, we are surrendered to you. Forgive us for the times that we take the lordship of our lives back. Forgive us for the things that we have not given up to you just yet. Help us see the things and those, the, the certain aspects of our lives. Help us see them and help us surrender them. Help us to relinquish them over to you. Father, as we leave this place, may we live our lives with this truth. The truth that we have heard and hopefully learned tonight. Guide us. Strengthen us. Enable us to obey and follow you through our surrendering. The relinquishment of our rights to our lives. For ourselves. But rather, let us live for you. In your son, Jesus Christ's mighty name we pray. And the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. So rise for the